Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the show. It is Denise. You are watching Speak Now Pro Wrestling November 23rd uh, here on F4W Online. And we got AEW Dynamite to talk about here today. It is Thanksgiving Eve. So tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Woo! We get to eat tons of food. Yay! And not have anybody judge us. Woohoo! Um, so I'm in a good mood, I got to tell you, because, uh, you know, it's the holidays are here and I'm going on vacation tomorrow and I just feel really light and very very happy AEW Dynamite was really good today we have a lot to talk about uh overall I'm kind of just floating and enjoying uh everything so far today um we got so much to talk about and I'm seeing uh so many different comments coming in we're talking about the crowd tonight because they were absolutely like batshit crazy today but like in a good kind of way because it was very exciting like um in terms of the crowd today with Chicago and the elite being back after all of the drama with CM Punk and everything that occurred at all out uh this was a crowd that I was supremely jealous that I wasn't there to experience it because uh it I do not remember the last time that I think the a crowd was like this in the sense that everybody was so passionate and everybody was so split on what they were passionate about because it got to the point where I was trying to make out what people were saying and I was like shoving my ear thingies all the way inside my ear and I could only make out some of what was being said because there was so much coming from one side and then the whole other side would come in and drown them out and then they drown uh, the other side out. So it was a lot um and i was living here for for it uh i think the crowd was just tremendous here tonight and i would have loved to be there i would have loved to experience it but either way we got a lot of good stuff in here um all righty so before we get into everything as you all know this is um you know, a very interactive show. So please, please send in your thoughts in the comments. Uh, if you're shy, do not be shy. Let us know your opinions uh, and all of that. And I will make sure to pull some up uh, throughout the show here today. On top of that, if you do want to help support me, help support this podcast. It literally means the world to me. Um, if you guys do send in a super chat, you can send one in at any point. And it also helps you get your question, your comment, your statement, your recipe, um, whatever it is. Uh, it gets them read here on the stream. So you know fans and stuff we got our first super chat of the day and this is from grapple geekery who says there was some elite level trolling tonight oh yes there was and here's the funny thing and i know we're going to talk more about this when we actually talk about the elite and uh in the death triangle and all of that but it was funny because um when kenny omega hit the gts right i'm like bro <laughs> I just, I had just read and done a whole story on, uh, so Kenny Omega did an interview with Sports Illustrated. I don't know how many of you guys saw that. And in there, he was basically saying that he wants people to stop talking about it, to let it go. He was like Elsa from Disney, let it go. Uh, and saying that there's nothing else there, that it's not the elite against CM Punk, this and that, right? And I'm like, you know what? I like everything that Kenny Omega said here. I highly doubt we're ever going to stop talking about it. I'm sorry, but it's just something that people are going to want to talk about, like no matter what, even if we're a little bit of ex exhausted talking about it, if a new detail comes out or some new, you know, outrages, I don't know, something happens, you're going to talk about it again. Uh, I mean, when this whole like AEW, uh, you know, when the scrum happened with CM Punk and then the whole backstage thing happened, everybody, and I mean 
everybody, people that were super casual wrestling fans, people that weren't even wrestling fans, but knew that I liked wrestling, saw it on Twitter, or they saw it somewhere online, and they brought it up to me. I mean, this was th this was something that attracted people that don't even watch wrestling on a regular basis or just tune in every now and then. So yeah, it's always going to be something that we talk about. It's always going to be there. Uh, so anyways, that was something that Kenny Omega said during that interview. But I was like dying because then he did the GTS and I was like, okay, we're doing a little bit of trolling here tonight. But either way, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I had a good time with it. Heidi Ho sends, uh, Heidi Ho is not a bot, sends in a super chat saying, the worst dynamite in the history of the company with the worst, with the most worthless main event of any wrestling show in re recent memory. What? Heidi Ho, what? I was not expecting this. Um uh super chat whatsoever i did not think that dynamite was bad uh i enjoyed the main event i had a really good time today i gotta tell you i'm a little bit blown away here uh and i'm curious to see if anybody else felt this way i feel like for the most part i thought it was a really good show uh but thank you so much to heidi ho is not a bot hey man if you think that the show sucked if you thought the main event sucked or you thought whatever sucked uh, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat i will read it, I will put it out here. Um, watch, we're gonna get like some really like Denise stuck super chats or something, and I'm gonna have to like, you know, literally have egg on my face and read my own Denise suck super chats. Hey man, I will take it. Uh, Heidi Ho is not a bot. Thank you so much for sending your opinion in. Uh, alrighty, so that's very interesting because everyone here is uh going nuts about this. There's some people that don't like it here, but let's get into it. All right, so um let's go with uh william we got some people agreeing with that super chat by the way we got a little bit of a split chat in here i'm seeing some people saying no they don't agree and i'm seeing some people say that they do agree so i don't know we'll find out where you guys are at with all of this i love it though it's getting the conversation moving so thank you very much all right so we got uh the opening of the show we got william regal and this was already pre-announced that he was going to come out and speak to the people after his actions at full gear and so he um basically comes out and during the beginning of this, instantly, you're already hearing these massive CM Punk chants, you know, basically through the freaking roof. And William Ringo's talking about how MJF is not going to be there. And he said he's on set in Hollywood. As you guys know, he's a part of the Iron Claw cast. So he's a probably out here shooting that. I don't know where I forget where they're shooting that. Um, so we get some fuck you Regal chants and uh this was my favorite part because the crowd is like, fuck you, Regal, right? Like they're doing the fuck you, Regal chants. And Regal, because he's so fancy, he's just like, that is so uncouth. Uncouth, ladies and gentlemen. Now, William Regal's a lot fancier than I am. So unfortunately, I was that dumb person that had to go and Google exactly the proper definition of uncouth. I mean, I've had a feeling and kind of knew what it meant, but I wanted to get like the actual uh, description there. But I thought it was pretty hilarious because only William Regal, if someone is cursing in your face, telling F you, whatever your name is, are you nobody in their right mind would turn around and say that is so 
uncouth. No, you would be going off like all crazy and stuff. So anyways, that really popped me. Uh, I thought that was very freaking hilarious. But anyways, this is all leading to uh, the whole drama between the Blackpool Combat Club because ever since William Regal turned on Moxley, you're wondering like, what the hell is going to happen? What's going to happen with the BCC? Um, you know, are they going to break up? What the hell is going to happen? So Moxley comes out and he's freaking pissed, okay? He's ready to go to town on William Regal. And Brian Danielson is like, no, you know what? We've all done bad things in our lives. And I just feel that, you know, you should take it easy on Regal and you should not hurt him. And at one point he gets on his knees, he starts begging, and then he even slaps John Moxley across the face. Um... And he basically explains to Moxley why he loves William Regal. He even plays the daughter card uh, on John Moxley. And I'm thinking here like, oh my God, Brian Danielson. Uh, I got a lot of, um, you know, he, I kind of got some heel vibes here from Brian Danielson. I kind of got that. I, I feel like we should not be trusting Brian Danielson. John Moxley should not be trusting Brian Danielson based on uh, how how protective he was of uh, of William Regal. So to me, I'm a little bit apprehensive right now on Brian Danielson, and I have a feeling that uh, he's probably going to side. I don't know what's going to happen. Truthfully, I don't know. But the the vibes that I got here today is don't trust Brian Danielson, at least based on what we saw here today. Um, Moxley isn't falling for any of this. He doesn't care about Brian Danielson's pleas or anything like that. He goes up to William Regal's face and he's like, your lordship, <laughs> run, run far away and never come back. And then, ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite chants in wrestling, always one of my favorite chants because nothing hurts more than being kicked out being sent to the back and the crowd chanting, na, 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 eh, 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 goodbye. I love that. Anytime we ever get that in pro wrestling, I am exhilarated beyond belief. Uh, so we got those chants from Chicago here tonight as William Regal basically walks himself to the back. Um, so I like this, you know, it, it's making you wonder what the hell is going to go down with the BCC. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing an expiration date on the Blackpool Combat Club for sure. Okay. I'm seeing this expiration date. I don't know where Brian Danielson loyalty is going to uh, side. I don't know. I'm a little bit torn here. I'm a little bit undecided, but let's see what you people, you people here are saying. We got a super chat here from Danny Padilla. Thank you so much to Danny. Uh, Danny says, hi, Denise. Figured the elite would probably get booed no matter what. So they just decided to go with it. And it was obviously brilliant. Any plans for tomorrow? Happy Thanksgiving. So, yeah, I mean, that was one of the things that, you know, you knew there was going to because Chicago is, you know, it belongs to CM Punk. So you... It, you were wondering like what it was going to be like, were you going to get complete, like complete, totally everybody cheering for CM Punk? Were you going to get the crowd split? You know, I really didn't know what to expect. And we ended up getting a split crowd, um, which was, you know, very just, oh my God, it's just so crazy to like even think about because I go back and I just think about, you know, absolutely everything that has happened, you know, since, I mean, I go back to when, 
all of the rumors first started coming out and the reports that uh, CM Punk was even coming back to wrestling. And you guys know CM Punk's like my favorite freaking wrestler besides Chris Jericho. So when this happened, I was just so over the freaking moon. I was so freaking excited. Like, oh my God, CM Punk's coming back to wrestling. Ah, you know, and then and then it, I remember the post show. I remember the post show that I did following his his return on when he came to AEW on Rampage. And I remember that show. And I remember how excited everybody was and how, you know, just how how good it felt, you know. And, you know, he finally wins that AEW World Championship. I remember being so crushed for him, so heartbroken when he had to come out and basically say that he uh, had to basically step away for a bit because of, you know, the foot injury and all of that. And I remember being so bummed out about that then he finally gets the championship again and i'm and this is in chicago and you know you have the crowd going nuts going mad and this and that and they're like yay you know cm punk's champ again and i remember tweeting like here we go this is finally we're finally gonna see the cm punk AEW championship reign that we were expecting and boy did that tweet uh age very poorly very fast and um you know it's just it's a it's a freaking roller coaster and now here we are you know the first uh you know dynamite in chicago without cm punk with the elite after the events that occurred uh it, it really it, it's i mean this story is freaking crazy like just thinking about it all and you know i didn't even highlight every single detail but it, it's freaking nuts um as for my plans for tomorrow thank you danny um i'm heading over to vancouver uh for just vacation so i will just be gone for vacation just enjoying myself trying to have a good time trying to relax you know i need to relax um thank you to danny padilla uh for the super chat here much appreciated uh we got a couple more this is from hunter tillman thank you so much to hunter who says i for a matter of fact in enjoyed tonight's show uh thank you so much to hunter for sending this in and for also sharing your opinion the cooge 97 sends in a super chat saying happy thanksgiving denise great aew dynamite sending mis gracias and flores uh to thunder rosa um eres la mera mera heal up and al cooge awaits your return um thunder rosa is definitely going to be a huge topic here tonight because there is a lot that unfolded uh in regards to the aew women's division and just pretty much where we're at with all of that because this thing I mean this thing has layers guys like this is an onion you just keep peeling it and there's more and more layers to the whole um to everything surrounding all of this but thank you so much to the cooch 97 for uh also sending this one in uh we got Heidi Ho is not a bot sends in a super chat saying how the f is MJF not on the show how is anybody okay with that he's the new champion so um in the media scrum, he had actually said he wasn't going to, I mean, maybe, okay, so, I mean, I've watched it, I mean, I was there, and then I've probably watched it maybe three or four times back now, but MJF does say afterwards that he is, uh, he closes it off by telling the people that at the media scrum saying like, oh, you know, uh, I'm going to be on set right after this, I'm flying out, and I'm going to be on set for, uh, you know, for the Iron Claw, right? I don't think he, he actually said the Iron Claw, but that's what he was basically saying that he wasn't going to be there. Um, but he didn't specifically say he wasn't going to be there. Uh, and then there was also another portion where he did say like, oh, make sure to tune into AEW Dynamite. But I pretty much was under the impression this entire time that he wasn't going to be on it on uh, dynamite tonight because they didn't announce anything for him. They announced regal. Uh, but I think once they announced regal, I pretty much took that. I took that 
and also him saying that he wasn't that he was going to be basically flying out on set i took that as don't expect to see mjf on uh dynamite here tonight and i get it i get it because you know it's chicago uh and you know it's obviously the uh post full gear show he's champion uh i didn't necessarily mind it just because i felt like there was a lot already on the show clearly you obviously always want your champion but i think i'm okay with it like i i'm perfectly fine with waiting to see uh mjf next week like i'm totally cool with that i felt like we had a lot today and i think if this show today would have sucked or like i or if something wasn't that great then i'd be like yeah you know what we should have had mjf here but clearly i kind of was already the impression under the impression that he wasn't going to be here tonight. So um, thank you so much to Heidi Ho for sending in uh, the super chat as well. Uh, Sean, uh, Sean is, excuse me, I'm trying to like, what's the name? Sean Sirani, and you've sent in super chats before, but clearly my brain is just like, Phew. Sean says, uh, hi, Denise, haven't caught one of these in a long in a long time, but long story short, you rock. Uh, see what happens when you're gone for a bit, Sean? I mess up your last name, and I know I've read it correctly before. Uh, but regardless, thank you so much for the generous super chat. It's much appreciated. Uh, we got Murad Agami who says, the trios match made, the trios match made feel the trios match made me feel like punk will return. Do you think this match makes more or less like likely for it to happen? I think it was more so the reaction from the crowd because they were so uh, divided and because, you know, CM Punk, you know, he obviously wasn't there, but he was on the top of all of our minds today because of all of everything that was going down with the crowd chance, the, uh, you know, just everything. So I don't, I can't even say whether or not I'm expecting to see CM Punk in AEW. I just like come back to AEW. I just feel there's still so much more that we don't know. And, uh, you know, based on all of these different reports that are coming out and it makes you, so far right now, I'm on the side of, not the side, but right now my feeling is that we're probably not going to be seeing CM Punk in AEW based on the reports that have come out where, you know, certain talents have said that they don't want to work with CM Punk and, you know, just all of that. And even seeing CM Punk on commentary recently for like the MMA stuff that he does and kind of throwing a little bit of some references in there. He seems very relaxed and he's seen it all kind of, it seems like, you know, he's having a good time like joking about it, but I don't know right now, just my gut feeling is I don't think we're going to see CM Punk, at least not in AEW for a very long time, but I kind of, I just don't know. I mean, selfishly, I would like to see him back, but I just, because I would love to see the story kind of like unfold on TV and, you know, for them to do business from this, I would like to see that. Like, sue me, I would like to see that. But I just think about everything else. Like, this isn't just about that. Like, there's so much more that comes with that. So I feel like right now it's probably not going to happen, but who knows, guys? Who knows? Um, Murad, thank you so much for sending in the super chat. It's very, very appreciated. Uh, thank you very much. Um, all right. So now let's go ahead and continue on with this here. Um, we got a quick backstage segment with Swerve and Keith Lee. You know, they're wanting to talk privately. So there's not much more to go off of that right now. Uh, you know, based on the events that went down at full gear, uh, who knows where Swerve and Keith Lee are at. So they got to mend, see if they can mend this friendship. What the hell is going to happen there? I don't know. Orange Cassidy, Jake Hager for the AEW All-Atlantic Championship. Now, um, 
I think this was probably my least favorite thing on AEW today, mainly just because this was pretty much, a, this was a comedy match. Like, this is what it was. It was a comedy match. It's not really the my cup of tea. It's not my bread and butter. It's not really what I particularly enjoy. Um, but this was basically... Oh my God, the focus was on Jake Hager's hat. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that this silly purple buckets hat, whatever the hell they're called. I thought they were called fisherman hats. I don't know, whatever they're called. Um, who would have thought that that would end up being one of the major focuses in this match and in particular for Jake Hager? Like what? It, it, it's so ridiculous. It's so freaking ridiculous. And... um. <laughs> It was funny because I posted a screenshot and I was laughing at somebody's comment because I posted a screenshot of Jake Hager and there was a fan sign and it just said hat and they had a drawing of the purple hat, which I thought was great, by the way, a lot of great artwork tonight. And I posted like, y'all need to stop lying to Jake Hager about this dang hat, right? Because it's hideous. Well, someone commented saying, uh, Denise, let him enjoy his hat. This is the most over he's ever been. And then I kept seeing more comments saying, this is the most over Jay Giger has been. And it's because of the hat and the hat has gotten him over and this and that. And I'm thinking to myself, holy cow, this hat, this ridiculous purple hat is somehow working for Jay Giger. Um, Cool. It's totally not for me. Uh, I can't really... I'm not really finding the comedy in the hat. Like I find the comedy more so in terms of like that it's ironic because the hat just makes zero sense. But when the hat becomes part of this actual match, I think that's kind of where I had a little bit of an issue with it, where there was a moment where, where, where uh, Jake Hager was going to, he, he could, he could have won this match. I mean, I, I wasn't expecting him to, but you know, just for argument's sake, he could have won this match, but Orange Cassidy realizes that if he takes the hat off and he throws it to the other side of the ring, that Jake Hager is going to go freaking bananas. And so this basically allows Orange Cassidy to get the win. And I'm like, really, Jake Hager, you lost because your hat got taken off your head and thrown to the other side of the ring? What? Um, so when it becomes part of the match, I'm not too, too crazy about it. So for this, this was just, um, this was just to me a, t a way to pass some time. And that was it. But this was probably my least favorite uh, part, my least favorite match of the actual night. But regardless, we did get some uh, pretty interesting stuff that came out of this because we had QT Marshall come out. He comes out with the factory and I'm thinking like, oh, we're going to, you know, who knows where this is going to go, right? Like I wasn't really that interested. And then lo and behold, uh, QT's mic just stops working. He's like muted and he's walking to the ring and you can't hear anything he's saying. And I'm thinking, oh, that's rough. He's going to have to walk all the way over there and someone's going to have to bring him a microphone. So I totally fell for this microphone thing where he uh, where it wasn't working, right? I don't know if that was part of it. I'm assuming it was part of it. But then afterwards, uh, the lights go down. Everything goes down, the lights. And I've mentioned this before, but some of the the reveals that we've gotten from AEW with the lights down, uh, let's all remember Satnam Singh, it, it doesn't always 
because of Satnam Singh, I have a little bit of some like PTSD when the lights go down. Okay, the lights go down and I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be either really bad right now or something really good. Like you never know what to expect from AEW when the lights go down. You know, it's like a box of chocolate. You either get stuck with cherry flavor or you get some milk chocolate. Okay, the point is that uh, so the lights come back on and. I freaking loved this part, okay? Because the lights come back on, but instead they do this camera shot where they make their way up the ramp and it leads to Julia Hart and she's there with like all of this red lighting and fog and this and that and she's got her her gothic look and she's doing her bewitching thing and she's like, oh, you know, rising from, I mean, she's not rising from the ashes, but it just had like a really big like grand feel to it and she looks so evil. Oh, I loved it. I was so here for this. And then, um, I don't know, she like, does something with her hands. I'm going to guess she's like summoning. I don't know. Um, the house of black is then revealed to be inside the ring and they pretty much attack all these guys. And they end up, they end up, uh, they end up at the top of the stage afterwards. And the house of black is back and Malachi black grabs the microphone and he just tells everybody members of the house of black rise. And so that was the return of the house of black. We have not seen Malachi black since all out. And truthfully, because of everything that was, I mean, it was kind of a little bit of a, I don't know how to describe this period. It was a little bit rough because there was a lot of, he said, she said going on with Malachi black in terms of, you know, what he was putting out there in terms of statements and then kind of going back on what he said. And then Tony Khan was saying things in interviews on, on busted open radio. And these things were being quoted. And then Malachi black was saying it wasn't true. So there was a lot of, he said, she said between Malachi black, Tony Khan, the reports that we were seeing out on, you know, out in the media, there was just a lot of miscommunication, I, not miscommunication, misunderstanding. There was a lot of, it was a freaking mess. Like, I'm just gonna say it was a mess, man. Like I was just seeing everything that was coming out in regards to all of this. And I'm thinking, okay, uh, a lot of stuff here isn't making sense really. So truthfully, I wasn't even really expect, like I knew that Tony Khan had said, because Tony Khan had said that, uh, Black had like X amount of years still left on his contract. I think it was five, if I remember correctly. And then Malachi Black is basically saying he's at one point saying he's gone, he's released. And then he takes it back and says, that's not true. It, it was just a lot. So I, it got to the point where I started thinking, man, I'm not even expecting to see Malachi Black back in AEW. And then we're seeing everybody's taking some time off and it's just a whole thing. So I was kind of bummed about that because I wanted to see uh, House of Black continue on in AEW. Like, I freaking love them as a group. Uh, I feel like, unfortunately, I haven't felt like the booking has always been so great for them. I did think that there were certain times where, you know, it was a little weird that they weren't really like a focal point. And, you know, that was a whole discussion even amongst, you know, uh, here on the show and, you know, in places in social media and whatnot. But either way, I was hoping to see the House of Black back in AEW. And I also wanted to see the... Um, you know, the story um, unfolds with Julia Hart. I think Julia Hart's addition to the House of Black has been absolutely uh, like phenomenal. I've been so excited and we've only barely started to see what they're actually, what their plans are with her and the group. So I'm excited to see what they do. And I'm hoping that uh, we, I'm hoping that this booking of the House of Black is maybe 
a little bit different in the sense that may, I'm hoping it feels a little bit more important uh, than some of the stuff that they were doing prior. So we'll see how that all works out. But let's see what you guys are thinking here. Um, this is Heidi Ho. It's not a bot who sends in a super chat saying, I see I'm catching heat in the chat, but how is it okay to have someone win about and not be on the next TV show? It makes no sense. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I have said this before on the show and I will say it again. Uh, you can send in your hot opinions. Your, or, no, it's hot takes. You can send in your hot takes, your opinions uh, here. Uh, my favorite thing about having a wrestling podcast is having people send in their different opinions and seeing how people feel about them because it, it's entertainment, you know? We all, we all are gonna react differently to what you're seeing on the freaking screen and I get it like you want to see MJF like MJF is the man of the freaking hour right now um I don't feel as passionately in terms of like being upset about him not being on today's show but I can see how some people um you know will feel that way because come on like you just won the title and you're like excited you're excited to start this new uh you know MJF era in AEW uh, so thank you so much to Heidi Ho is not a bot. And if you too want to send in your questions, your hot takes, your opinions, uh, whatever the hell it is, a poem, uh, please do. You can send in a super chat at any point in time. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho is not a bot. Um, we got a super chat here from Heidi Ho who says Julie Hart looked cool. Um, she really did. She always does too. I really want to get an interview with Julia Hart soon. I'm working on it, guys. I'm trying to get interviews, but... It's a little tough. It's a little tough, but I'm trying. Your girl's trying, okay? Consistently, I'm knocking on them doors uh, all the dang time. All right, so um, let me go ahead and catch up here with the chat, everybody, since I know everybody's going nuts. All right, <laughs> Sean says, Denise loves chat violence. Hey, man, I've been known for uh, digging the violence, all right? I'm here for the blood. I'm here for, like, if you guys want to start, like, throwing freaking light tubes in the chat, man, I am here for it. All right. <laughs> um, next up, we got the AEW Eliminator Tournament Finals, and we got Ethan Page versus Ricky Starks. Now, I am over the moon, everybody, because my two picks heading into this, when we were doing our little tournament predictions here on AEW, my post show I was literally going to say here on AEW Dynamite. This is not AEW Dynamite, but here on this post show. Um, my two picks were Bandito and Ricky Starks for two totally different reasons, but I was totally cool with either of those two men winning this tournament. And I had a feeling, I was like, man, just, you know, it's probably going to be Ethan Page. Then I was thinking, oh, they're probably going to go a whole different direction, blah, 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 right? But my, my, my personal, my personal, you know, way that I wanted things to happen was for Bandito or Ricky Starks to get the win. Um, this match. So Ricky Starks comes in and he's pretty much taped up. He's taped up from the ribs. He's taped up from the shoulder, et cetera. So the man's not looking, you know, too great. Uh, he's not looking 100%. So throughout this entire match, you literally see, um, you literally see him, you know, out of breath. He's hurting. He's in pain. And obviously Ethan Page being a smart competitor with a strategy, 
making sure to try to implement more pain, more pain onto Ricky Starks. So he was doing things that were, you know, definitely not making Ricky Starks feel any better. And there was some really good stuff because Starks, regardless of, you know, what he was going through, he was still, you know, trying to make it happen. He was not giving up. He was still trying to win this match. He even sacrifices his own body. And early on in the match, we see him hit a spear. And, uh, you know, at that moment, he, you know, it didn't really look like it was paying off because it looked like it hurt him more than it did Ethan Page. And then there was a moment where he goes for a dive to the outside. And this was brutal. I thought this was it for Starks right here. I, I, I lost faith here. Um, So Starks goes out for a dive, right? He's putting his body on the line. He's risking it all. And Stokely Hathaway pushes Ethan Page out of the way. And so Ricky Starks just freaking lands so ugly on the uh, on the mat. He just crumbles down, guys. Oh, it was brutal to see. And so the referee kicks out Stokely Hathaway. Good. And um, finally, we get back into the ring. We get some more good stuff in here. Uh, this was a lot of fun. We see uh, Starks hit a superplex off the top rope. Uh, we see... Page hit him with a roundhouse kick. And then we for the finish, we finally see Starks hit um a second spear and then a third spear. And then he finally gets this victory. So I was so freaking happy that Starks got the win here, guys. I've been saying this for a bunch, man, but this really does feel like it's going to be that next step, that next level for Ricky Starks. Like the dude's got it all. He's good in the ring. His promo skills are great. He's got charisma. Uh, I feel like he kind of has all the tools, um, you know, to be at a higher level on AEW. And the fact that he's going to be wrestling MJF at Winter is Coming, I'm looking forward to that for multiple reasons. One, you know, he's going to be the first, the first challenger to MJF. You know, obviously, I'm not, we're not expecting MJF to lose, right? But that doesn't, like, that's, to me, it's kind of a little bit besides the point because I feel like they could do a lot in this, like, we got a couple of weeks because it's not till December 14th. So we got a couple of weeks here so they could build a really nice story and, you know, maybe even make some people think that there could be a chance that MJF lose. Obviously, you want to, you know, maybe make, uh, you know, maybe fool the crowd a little bit with that. So I'm excited to see a lot of the promo work between these two because we've seen a lot of good promo work from uh, from Ricky Starks and we already know MJF. MJF's on a whole other level. But the point is that I want to see the promo exchanges between Ricky Starks and MJF. I think they're going to be really good. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. And I think that um, Ricky Starks is going to be a really good uh, first challenger for MJF. And this is exciting. I'm excited legitimately excited as for Ethan page I do feel bad because I, if he would have won I honestly thought this would have been great for him too because let's be real um this win would have also propelled him to that next level on AEW and uh it's just unfortunately it really didn't feel like his time and the crowd I thought that the crowd was way more behind Ricky Starks than they were Ethan page so either way either one of these guys whoever would have won it would have benefited either but I think Ricky Starks was definitely the right call here um um, yeah, I'm looking forward to all of that. All right, moving on from here. Let's get into the good stuff, everyone. Let's get into the meat of this show. And that was the Elite versus the Deaf Triangle in their second match of their best of seven for the AEW World's Trios Championship. Jesus Christ, where do I begin with this? Um, This was nuts. 
all right? This was nuts. Nuts and bananas. You put it in there. It was crazy, all right? Um, the match itself, it was just action freaking packed, okay? It was fun. It was what you would expect. A bunch of high-level, uh, you know, agility that we were seeing from all of these guys all right you know we've seen these guys work before we just saw them at full gear you guys know what i'm talking about um there was a moment my favorite part in this match was in the beginning very very in the beginning we see uh phoenix do a torneo to the outside and i felt just like so freaking goddamn moved because you have the lucha bros you know obviously along with pack but you have the lucha bros out there fucking killing it fucking killing it i'm so goddamn proud of them and then you get everybody chanting ole 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 and at the same time what are you seeing in the crowd you're seeing i saw like two big giant mexican flags and i just thought fuck yes fuck yes like whenever like i'm sorry like for those of you who do not know i'm mexican so to any time i freaking get to see like you know get to see them freaking thrive i'm like yes like you don't know how exciting that is for for you know for first you know a lot of people so anyways i was fucking like over the moon with this and pardon all my you know naughty language but i can't even describe to you how uh exciting that was to see um anyways but that's not even like the thing that we need to talk about. The thing that we need to talk about is how freaking nuts the crowd was going because we talked about this earlier. We didn't know what to really expect. Was this going to be, you know, 100% of the crowd, you know, freaking pissed off at the elite and going nuts for CM Punk? Were we going to get a split crowd 50-50? What were we going to get here? We really weren't that sure, right? So we ended up getting a uh, we ended up getting a split crowd is what we got. Um, we had people chanting literally everything. CM Punk. Fuck CM Punk. They were chanting for the elite and then fuck the elite. Um, I mean, it was just non-freaking-stop. And it was the thing where one group would start up and, you know, whatever, whoever side they were on, they would start up and, you know, all of that would get really fired up. And then quickly after you'd hear the other side get really, really dang fired up. And so it just culminated into sound. At one point, all you were just hearing was sound. Um, I couldn't even make out some of the stuff that was being said at one point because it all kind of got drowned out where you were hearing boos and cheers and yelling and everything. It was phenomenal. Um, I love this. I think this really just even with the crowd's energy and then the energy that you were seeing in the ring, it was just you know, two on two, man. Um, we did end up seeing the uh, the 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 death triangle get the win here, and it is now two and zero. Oh. And again, we saw the use of that hammer. Uh, I was laughing though because I don't know how many of you guys played uh, close attention to. I think it was Matt Jackson. He was. <laughs> He got the hammer and he's thinking he's all smart and he's going to get back at them for what they did at full gear. And the dude starts licking the hammer. And I'm like, bro, he's like really going off licking the hammer like there's no tomorrow. I'm like, bro, someone tell Matt Jackson that's not a popsicle. It's a dirty hammer. And he's out there just licking it like there's no tomorrow. Anyways, we're 2-0. And, oh. and next week we are getting the third 
match. But this was definitely, I think, the craziest the crowd's going to be because, of course, it was Chicago. Um, all right, let's get some thoughts into this, everyone. And also, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a match seven. If we don't get a match seven, I'm going to freaking riot because match seven is supposed to be taking place in Los Angeles, and I'm supposed to be there. All right, Heidi Ho is not a... Um, Heidi Ho is not a bot, sends in a super chat saying, Omega and the Bucks return to Dynamite. Should have been a huge deal, but for some reason, I couldn't give a F. <laughs> uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho is not a bot for also sending in this super chat. Um, alrighty, and let's press on and see what else we got. Uh, friendly reminder, guys, if you do want to get your question, your comment, your statement, uh, please. Oh, and oh, I forgot to mention, we also saw and because I mentioned it earlier, so I forgot to mention it in the match recap, we did see Kenny Omega hit a GTS BTW. Um, so that was definitely something. All right. And um, <laughs> YT says, Matt Jackson licked a thumbnack, thumbtack sneaker at All Out last year. I don't think he cares. <laughs> You're probably right. But still, uh, regardless. All right. Um, let's go ahead and move on from this, everyone. Let's get into another hot topic. And this hot topic is the AEW women's division. God, I feel like the AEW women's division is always a hot topic at this point. Like there's always something going on that we're talking about, right? Okay, so they sent out Renee Paquette. And I think the fact that they sent out Renee Paquette to do this announcement was brilliant because absolutely nobody hates Renee Paquette. She is loved by all. Okay. So she could go out there and she could literally be like, your cat died. And people would be like, Oh, <laughs> you know, it'd be terrible. Right. But I'm just trying to think of something. All right. Anyway, so Renee goes out there and you know, she is in charge of making this announcement. She says that she's uh, making an announcement in regards to the AEW women's division and a huge change. And I don't know why, but it didn't instantly pop into my mind that there might be a relinquishing of the title. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting, I don't know. Didn't give me enough time to think because she pressed on. So Renee says, quote, AEW management has been forced to ask Thunder Rosa to relinquish the championship. So she says they basically came to an agreement and that uh, Jamie Hayter is not the interim AEW Women's Champion, but she is now the AEW Women's World Champion. So she's no longer with the interim in this. She's the champ, period, hands down. She is the champ. So she comes out, Jamie Hayter, and uh, Renee asks her, like, you know, what are your thoughts on this? And before she can even speak, Britt Baker just takes away the mic from her and basically starts going off on her own spiel, right? So this then leads into the trios, the women's trios match. We had Sky Blue, Willow, Anna, Ty, Jamie, and Britt. Jamie and Britt get the win. Fine little match. Cool stuff. During this match, it was also announced that uh, Tony Storm, who you guys know as the previous interim AEW Women's World Champion, she is now going to be recognized, or rather, her reign is going to be recognized as an actual reign. So it's no longer going to be ignored because of the interim in it. It's going to be on the record books pretty much as a champion, as AEW Women's World Champion. So that's where we're at in terms of, you know, what's going down with the championship and all of that. So let's talk about this because I kind of feel... I mean, I feel bad for just everybody here because let's start with Thunder Rosa. 
I feel bad for Thunder Rosa because this was clearly not the way that we expected things to go down, okay? Um, this was definitely not what I expected to go down. When she won the AEW Women's World Championship, I was so freaking happy, man. I felt so emotional that night. I remember coming on here on the show and just like being so happy, so excited that Thunder Rosa had won. And I was just expecting, you know, I was just expecting a really great championship run. I was so ready to see Thunder Rosa become the very best AEW women's champion. That was my, uh, you know, that's what I thought we were going to see. Realistically, that's what we thought we were going to see. When the whole injury thing happened, um, when the whole injury thing happened, it was very unfortunate, right? You never want to see anybody get hurt. You never want to see anybody get injured. But on top of that, there was a lot of, you know, rumors going around and social media stuff and shots being thrown and this and that and people saying that Thunder Rosa was lying, Thunder Rosa having to come out and defend herself. So it just got really ugly at that point. Um, it got to the point where if on social media on Twitter, if I saw Thunder Rosa was trending, or I saw Britt Baker was trending, I was just like, I'm not even going to click on that hashtag, because I just know it's going to be like, you know, a shitstorm, right? It's going to be really bad. And because I'd clicked on those things, and I'd seen what was being put out there by people. And there was some stuff that was just really, really ugly, really, really nasty to both of these women, both to Thunder Rosa, and to Britt Baker. And it really sucks, because you know, it just sucks to see that but whatever, right. So it's unfortunate how all of that went down. Now for Tony Storm, I, you know, we mentioned how it seemed like there was something missing when she became champion. Um, it was something missing. I do think that being the interim AEW Women's World Champion did take a lot away from Tony Storm when she was holding the bout. And because everybody knew it, like, oh, it's the interim champion. And I don't know, but to me, that makes a difference. And I think that does make a big difference to a lot of people where it's like, well, she's the interim champion. She's not the official champion. And I do think that kind of hurt Tony Storm, which is crazy because Tony Storm was going out and she was having a lot of defenses. She had way more than Thunder Rosa. So she was, you know, a champion. So it bums me out that they had to do the whole interim thing in the first place. I really wish that they would have just decided from the very beginning, okay, Thunder Rosa is going to be out for a bit. Let's not do the interim thing. Let's move forward with the championship. We can re just relinquish the title from the beginning and go into, you know, Tony Storm being the actual AEW Women's World Champion. So I do think that it sucks that now after that she's done being champion, it's like, oh, yeah, you're going to be recognized as champion. But, you know, in her memory bank, she was always the interim champion. You know, so I think it really sucks for Tony Storm on that end of things. Uh, for Jamie Hayter, um, you know, I also wish that this would have done been done before the pay-per-view because if they would have announced this before the pay-per-view, obviously people were already going nuts for Jamie Hayter winning the championship. But I do think it would have felt a little extra special had she been not announced as interim AEW Women's World Champion when she won the title. I do think that takes away just a little bit from that. So I'm happy that this one was solved a lot quicker than uh, than Tony Storm's, but I do wish that this would have all been done, uh, you know, if not before Tony Storm getting the title, but before Jamie Hayter getting the title, that they should have just taken the interim um, 
thing away done um so anyways that's kind of where we're at with all of this i'm glad that they're doing this and from the looks of it we are moving into we're getting closer and closer to Britt baker and jamie hater especially based on just like Britt baker literally just being all rude and stuff and taking away the microphone from Jamie Hayter. So there you go. That's where we're at with that. We got a super chat here from Jose Campos. Thank you so much to Jose who says, uh, in the same week, we see two mutual agreements for the greater good of sports. Um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo leaves Manchester United and now Thunder Rosa relinquishing the AEW Women's World Championship. You hate to see it. Uh, unfortunately, I don't know squat about soccer. I don't know squat about soccer. So Jose, I'm going to take your word for it because I can't even give you an opinion on this whatsoever um, on the soccer portion of this. But still, I appreciate the uh, the super chat a whole lot. Um, seriously, thank you so much, Jose. Uh, shout out, shout out. All right, um, let's see. We got another super chat here from Heidi Ho. It's not a bot who says, Hater has all the potential if they will let her cut good promos and be a bad ass. She does, dude. She has a vibe and she's so chill. Holy shit, she's so chill. So during the during the the scrum, it was my first time seeing Jamie Hater like up close and personal, right? And uh she's so relaxed. Like, I don't know how to explain it. There's people that have like different vibes and different auras. I have like a Jimmy Fallon vibe where Jimmy Fallon's always like on and uh, I'm Jimmy Fallon, right? Jamie Hayter, polar opposite. She is chill. She's relaxed. Uh, she is just calm. She got asked a question that she got asked a question by somebody in the media that was basically a hard question to answer. Because it blurred the lines between, uh, you know, storyline and not storyline, right? And I kind of thought like, oh, fuck, like, that's a tough one for Jamie to answer. And I was just thinking like, ooh, you know, I kind of wish that question wasn't asked just because of the way that it was. I, not that the question was asked, but rather, I think that the question should have been worded differently. And so Jamie Hayter, um had to talk about a potential feud with Britt Baker. And I'm thinking like, don't, you know, you don't want to spoil the storylines, right? Like, that's the thing. You don't want to spoil the storylines. And Jamie was really good at just casually steering away from that and changing the subject, but also still answering that reporter's question. She still answered whether or not she'd want to work with Britt Baker, but she kind of turned it around and said, you know, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, best friends, close friends, that they essentially make good feuds because of the stories that they share, because of the relationships that they share. I forget how she worded it, but she really did a freaking good job. And it was funny too, because I was watching Tony as she was answering this question. And you know, Tony has very, uh, his facial expressions. He he doesn't hide his facial expressions. You could kind of read what he's thinking or try to think what he's thinking or try to read what he's thinking rather. And there was a point where it almost seemed like you weren't sure which way Jamie Hayter was going to answer the question. And you just see Tony like, he's got the like the eyes coming out and stuff. And I'm looking at him and then she like turned it around. She answered the question and Tony was like, oh, he seemed like pleasantly surprised that she didn't like spoil anything, but she still answered the question. Uh, so either way, she's very, very chill, very relaxed. And I think that she's going to make a good champion, like literally just based on that interaction alone. 
Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho is not a bot for sending in this super chat. Um, all righty. So uh, let's go ahead and move on. Uh, let's go ahead and move on from here. David Rivera says Mexicans supposed to love soccer. <laughs> you know, I, so I was just, I didn't grow up a soccer fan. It was always, you know, people in my house watching it, but I just never picked it up. It's like boxing too. I, it took me a while to become like into boxing. And even then it's a little bit more rare for me, uh, to, to watch boxing, you know, it's sporadic for me. Um, but that was something that too, like every month people were watching boxing at my house or soccer, like literally every week or whatever. So, yeah. All right. Moving on from this. And let's get into, uh, we got a quick with the acclaimed. The acclaimed come out, they're doing their thing. The scissor me this, scissor me that, all of that good stuff. Jeff Jarrett comes up on the screen. Shit, I don't even know what the hell Jeff Jarrett said because I got so distracted because the crowd was chanting uh, TNA sucks and it killed me. I was dying of laughter during this. And um, I don't even know what Jeff Jarrett said. God damn it. I know he was calling everybody like ass, like he was calling everybody uh, ass. I think he, he pulled out Jericho, like uh, saying ass clown or something. And then that was it. Sorry, I can't even give you guys a proper recap of what Jeff Jarrett actually said because I got so distracted with the TNA sucks chance and tweeting that out. So moving along because I suck. All right, moving to the main event. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Chris Jericho for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Now, earlier uh, we had somebody say that they didn't like this match. I, I did. I did like this match, man. I had a good time. We had a couple of people saying they didn't like this match, actually, but I liked it. I had a good time, everyone. And so uh, clearly we've been seeing Chris Jericho wrestle a lot of different people. Uh, you know, we see him wrestle uh, Bandito. We saw him wrestle Cole Cabana, uh, now Tomohiro Ishii. And I got to say that this one was up there. I mean, the Bandito one is still the very best, in my opinion. The Bandito one was freaking great. I would put this one right below it because I loved it. I thought it was fun. I love them just pretty much just going back and forth, slapping each other, chopping each other. Uh, you know, Jericho busting out, uh, you know, uh, Jericho getting busted open, excuse me, uh, bleeding from his chest from all of that. And he's suplexing Ishii. It looks great. Ishii gets up and then he falls right back down. It was a whole thing. Great headbutt from Ishii. You guys know how I feel about really freaking great headbutts man chef's kiss man they're the cherry on the sunday um we see ishii do a sliding lariat goes for the cover it's a near fall and for the finish we see ishii hit a code breaker on uh jericho and right leading up to the finish excuse me he hits a code breaker on jericho after jericho had him in the walls of jericho and then afterwards he finally gets him in this killer lariat turning jericho inside out and then finally uh this all leads to jericho finally locking in the walls of jericho and actually getting the win here um this was fun i thought this was a very fun match i loved like the last couple of minutes but even so i loved the whole match throughout i thought it was fun um uh, I enjoyed it for what it was. I thought it was a good main event. And then for the for the ending, we do see Chris Jericho once again eyeing, eyeing Ian Riccoboni, who does great on commentary, by the way. Just shout out to Ian. And uh, Claudio Castagnoli comes out, and he basically pops Jericho with a right hand, and that's how he closed out. That's how he closed out AEW Dynamite. Jericho on the floor and Claudio standing above him, and Ian Riccoboni 
nice and safe. Uh, so there you go. Uh, we got a super chat here, and this is from Heidi Ho. It's not a bot. It says, it wasn't a bad match. It was just meaningless. That's kind of how I felt about some of the, like, I've, see, here's the thing. Like, I didn't think it was meaningless just because, you know, Ishii is a big name, and he's not somebody that you get to see very often on AEW. While we have seen him, you know, have some matches it's not like we see him every week so for me because he's so rare to see on AEW to me that's why it's enjoyable like that's to me why it's it's more so in the sense of I like to see matches that you really weren't expecting you were gonna see that's where I'm at on this one so that's why to me it wasn't necessarily meaningless per se and I get it there's no more you know story to that but that's what we've been seeing like every week now with Jericho as ROH champion. So there's a story within that, but between them, not so, so much. Uh, but uh, And then obviously, you know, they did touch back on, you know, the stuff from Japan and how they knew each other and all of that. So if you want to incorporate that in there as well. But either way, I enjoyed it because I just want to see like new stuff, matches that I'm, you know, don't get to see. Uh, that for me, that's what keeps things, you know, exciting, right? Getting to see that. Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Hill. It's not a bot. Um, alrighty. See, and someone says uh, the Dalton, the Dalton Castle one was their favorite. See, that one I didn't really care. For. Well, actually, I would re like Bandito was definitely up there. Then Ishii. Then I would put the Castle one. I would put the Coke Cabana probably one on my very low list. I didn't think that one was very good. But I, but I mean, that was a whole topic too in the media scrum where uh, Nick Houseman asked Tony Khan about that, which was really great, man. Um, but there you go. Ah, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Brandon Stark says, has Ishii or anyone else for that matter ever busted his opponent's chest on it um, with the knife edge chops before? I've never seen this happen before. Yes, you have seen, I've seen it happen quite a few times actually with Ishii uh, in the past with other opponents. And um, there you go, guys. So that is... Um, Let's see what else we got. This is from Aurelio, who says, I honestly don't follow wrestling outside of the United States of Puerto Rico, where he's from. And I understand why people don't care. It's like bringing a legend from Puerto Rico to AEW. People is not a fan. I think it depends, guys, because, you know, everybody has different, you know, viewing habits and what they consider, you know, what they're fans of. And so I feel like everyone is kind of a little bit different. But I do think that Ishii is a name that, a lot of the AEW fans are going to actually appreciate seeing him wrestle uh, on the show, on the main event. Again, somebody like Chris Jericho. I think that they do appreciate it for the most part. At least, at least I know I did, but I do think a lot of people do as well. Um, Alrighty, guys, there you go. That was AEW Dynamite here today, November 23rd. Um, as always, I want to thank you guys so much, especially, obviously, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Uh, so I just want to tell you guys, always, I appreciate each and every single one of you for coming into the shows. You have no idea how much it means to me every time you guys come into these streams, whether it's on Tuesday for NXT or Wednesdays for AEW Dynamite. Um, I will not be here this Friday. I know I suck, right? I won't be here this Friday because um, I will be on vacation, but I will be back um, next Friday. I will be here to talk about SmackDown and Rampage. Um, but other than that, Tuesdays, NXT, Wednesdays, AEW, Friday, SmackDown and Rampage. And also make sure to check out the latest on F4W Online, uh, a video series that I do where I post a bunch of news and information for the day. I put a lot of time and effort on those videos. So peep at them every now and then. And then also youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. Guys, I have officially surpassed 
79,000 subscribers. I am so close to 80K. It ain't even funny. I'm practically licking it the way that Matt, Jack Matt Jackson was licking uh, that hammer, bro. I am almost there. Uh, so if you haven't checked out my YouTube channel, please go. All the AEW full gear scrum footage is up there. Tomorrow, I'm uploading another promo wars video. Uh, those are usually very fun, very different type of content. And then Friday, I have a really fun and pretty insightful interview with Taya Valkyrie. We talk about her time in WWE as Frankie Monet and all of that. So that's youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. But other than that, I will see you guys later. Have the super awesome Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you, everybody. Bye.